You know you tap that ass. You put it in a backseat. Bam. Code X. Man, I got a wife. You got a dick. You do have a dick, don't you? Yes. Okay, your dick lines up straight like that, right? To the right of it and to the left of it are pockets, right? In those pockets are money. Look in either one of them. Pay the bill. Oh, you motherfuckers. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm putting cases on all you bitches. Huh? You think you can do this shit? Jay! You think you can do this to me? You motherfuckers will be playing basketball in Pelican Bay when I get finished with you. Shoe program, nigga. 23 hour lockdown. I'm the man up in this piece. You'll never see the light of day. Who the fuck you think you fucking with? I'm the police. I run shit here. You just live here. Yeah, that's right. You better walk away. Go on, walk away, because I'm going to burn this motherfucker down. King Kong ain't got shit on me. One, two, three, four. Oh, shit. I didn't <laughs> One second. My baby don't mess around. Surround me, because she loves me so. And this I know for sure. <gasps> yeah. Thank God. Hey, Chris. Yeah. What's cooler than being cool? Uh, this week's episode of Midweek Matinee <laughs> is Dude, cooler than being cool. Ice cold. Ice cold. <laughs> we watched so training day, training day, training training day. I don't know if that worked, but we did watch that training work, day. But I liked it. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm making my best effort. Uh, how you doing tonight, Blake? I'm doing good. How are you doing, pal? I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. Brett, how about you? Uh, I'm a zombie. You're a zombie. Which you know, I don't. I mean that more in like the metaphorical sense. I'm very tired and kind of running on fumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, zombies are kind of just autopilot. That's yes. where I feel like I'm on right now. What's okay. in your head, Brett? What's in my head? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, right now it's the cranberries. <laughs> um, if you were a zombie, who would you prefer to kill you, Rick Grimes or Jill Valentine? That's a really good question. Probably right. Jill Valentine. Yeah. Resident Evil 5 Jill Valentine, though? That's a good question. Yeah, there's a lot of twists like and turns. Uh, well, Walking Dead is bad. I don't even know why I included him. It didn't say someone cool he, like hey, Chris, Red, <laughs> Chris Redfield hole. or, you know, Leon Kennedy. Um, Blake, what'd you, how'd, you think, how'd you like Training Day this week? I really like Training Day this week. Yeah. How'd, you, how'd you oppose it to Training Day last week? Yeah, what was your feelings on the movie yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> I loved it yesterday. I absolutely adored it today. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Which, uh, in your mind, which is better, adoring or loving it? They right. are equal. Cool. Brett, how or did you like the movie? How did I like the movie? Yes, how did you like the movie? Well, let me tell you something real quick. Yeah. I fucking loved it. Oh, thank God. Now, but now here's the thing. Oh, I, oh I don't boy. know if you were. No, oh, I, boy. There's nothing bad. I am just clarifying because you weren't in the chat. Sharpening um, my knife right now. Blake was under the, uh, uh, I, I won't say assumption, but under the idea that I had never seen the movie. Uh, Did you think the same? No, I knew you'd seen it. Okay. I must say. I, yeah, I, I don't know why. I thought yeah. I thought he hadn't seen it. I don't know. I'm crazy. I, I did Go ahead. specify though. <laughs> so I understand probably what you got. I specified that I'd not watched it in a long time. Yeah, I think and, you said it was a yeah. decade. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. more. Or well, here's, more potentially. Here's the thing. Um at the beginning of a podcast, I feel like I have to say, Hey, how'd you like the movie that you've seen fifteen times? You know, you don't even have to ask me. I said last week, 
you know, <laughs> that it's my favorite movie of all time. And I'm, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I still want to talk about it because it's, it's great. the best movie I've ever seen. Because 99.9% of this movie is fantastic. Oh, I already know what you're going to say, one. and I disagree. Yeah, because this motherfucker <laughs> tweeted about it. I'm like, cool. Way to tweet about the fucking epi- the thing we're going to talk about on this episode of the podcast. No, oh. it was on my personal Twitter. I didn't think anyone here's, would care. Here's some free content <laughs> that we're just going to give away. The I podcast mean, is the free. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually not. Because you can go to <laughs> patreon.com slash Nartech and get it a week early if you support us there. You also get Brex Podcast Triangle Squared and you can support Brex. them. They do shut the fuck up, Blake. I'm doing the ad reads. <laughs> <laughs> it's an amalgamation of Brett and Beck. Keep going, homeboy. I got you. <laughs> yeah, so Nartech is the Patreon that we use if you haven't heard. Patreon.com slash Nartech. Yeah. But normally we don't talk about that to be the show, but it's like, got to pay the bills somehow. Uh, <laughs> Shameful plug. Speaking of paying the bills, I really want to talk about the scene at the diner. But I love that scene with uh, Jake and Alonzo, their first meeting with just mm-hmm. the, <laughs> let me read my paper. Shut the fuck up and let me read my paper. I fucking love it. That, that's like the scene where you're like, oh, this is like a different type of movie. Because I'll be honest with you guys, I've seen this movie, I think maybe forty times. Same, it's and so um, many times. Oh, so well, I'm definitely the outlier there. <laughs> this is the second time I've seen the movie, but I did tell Blake. <laughs> interestingly uh, enough, the ending of this movie is so unforgettable that I pretty much remembered it scene for scene. Oh yeah, I love the ending. Who did it better though, Malibu's I, Most Wanted or Training Day? Training day because Jamie Kennedy doesn't die in Malibu's. <laughs> no, I meant the <laughs> White King Kong. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is that it, the answer to that question has to be Training Day because yeah, because they're biting Training yes, Day. Yes, and yeah, for sure. King I just Kong, had to mention it. <laughs> no, for sure, because I thought of that too. Where I was like, "Oh, this is." I wonder where the inspiration for that scene was. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I just love the. Uh, is your dick straight? Okay, between between your legs, you got two pockets. In those pockets, you got money. Pay the bill. He slaps the table, gets up. I'm like, oh, this is going to be some shit. I say that to Haley every time we leave a restaurant now. <laughs> yeah, does she have a, does her dick straight? <laughs> <laughs> so say, or do you I tell, meant to or, pay the bill part, okay? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I thought maybe you were doing it like reverse as kind of like a, a warning to her. Be like, hey, listen, I got a straight dick. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just and, like my dick straight pay the bill to my, left, to my left is your pussy and it's got money in it <laughs> and to the right is that girl's pussy and it's got money in it so if you don't straighten up and pay this bill bitch <laughs> why why would they put money directly inside their pussy <laughs> hey, it's listen. drug money you have to hide it oh hey i don't it's know much just smothered with cocaine all i can tell you is that dance gavin dance are weird and they have a song with lyrics that specifically state, I'm smoking weed out of a pussy filled with money. I like it. I don't know that I feel comfortable with that. So I'm comfortable with it, and I want to see it. I'm saying uh, quiet, Gavin, quiet. For that. <laughs> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> so, how about we talk about the scene, yeah? Brett, how'd you feel watching this scene? 
I think, like you said, the interesting thing is that the beginning of the movie is kind of like, oh, look, it's going to be a cop drama, family man working yeah. his way through the ranks. And then suddenly, like if you've never seen this movie, suddenly all of that just gets thrown out of the window. But in, in, yeah. not completely. It's actually interesting. <clears throat> you get the immediate tone that he's not going to be your normal cop. But at this point, he still has this kind of, if we're going to put it like lethal weapon, he's still kind of got this Murtaugh thing going about him where it's like you don't realize yet that he's who he's going to be in this movie, but you realize that he's meant to be a off the cuff kind of cop. You're talking you, you know uh, what I mean? Alonzo, a dirty right? cop. Alonzo. Yeah. Yeah. So Alonzo here sets himself up, you know, for what we eventually see throughout the movie. I don't think that you could necessarily guess that from our first interaction with him, but they do make sure in that first interaction to build kind of mm. this interesting, like, Oh, well he's not going to be normal. Now, of course, it yeah. goes way much way further than that. But at <laughs> first, it's just oh, he's a hardened cop who does things his own way. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, I it think, definitely seemed like that. Yeah, I think mm. it's interesting because it it kind of plays off what you would think of a cop movie, where it's like, oh, he's just the hardened detective who maybe doesn't want to be working with the new guy, and right. you know, and then he's like kind of teaching him a little bit of just like of just like this this can be interesting. Like if your most interesting story is the the DUI stop that ended up saving a life, right? That's a cool story. But I think it kind of sets up Alonzo in a really interesting way where that story doesn't even make him want to stop reading the funny pages, you know? Yeah. Like, well, here's the thing about that scene, right? In retrospect, when you're watching the movie, is that actually Alonzo or is this the Alonzo that we're getting to see put on this front because of this plan he's had in place from the day that he decided that, Ethan Hawke's boy, Mr. Hoyt, was going to be on a thing. Because if you think about it, throughout this film, it's very meticulously set up that everything he's been doing, he planned well in advance. Yeah. So you kind of... Yeah, he even feeling. says it specifically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've had this plan for a week, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you really didn't notice that he was like going to be like a dirty cop until the first traffic stop. Yeah, like you said, up, up until that, like with the dinner scene and even in the car a little bit, he just seems like a hard ass or whatever. Yeah, I you could look at it as like the uh, you know don't go to roll call, don't do that. To me, is like kind of the first bit of a Alonzo exerting power and b yeah. um, him you know kind of showing that he doesn't take the rules very seriously. Where he's like, fuck that, we're not going to roll call, we're not calling, we're not calling in the stops we're making, you know that kind of stuff. Like just taking, and we're just stealing their shit, and letting them go. Yeah, which they do multiple times in this movie. Right, it's just straight up armed robbery. Yeah, there it was. <laughs> that was the thing. Like, I personally don't want to necessarily get into a political twenty twenty cop conversation. I'm so glad I, that you're at least mentioning it because it was it's hard my not mind to the though. Entire time, and more yeah. interestingly, as we're a group of two white men and one, <laughs> and the one only one with any. <laughs> yeah, the only one of any color here being Chris. Yes. Um, but it is really interesting watching a 18-year-old movie kind of express something that's being very in the news right now, but almost from the opposite perspective. Because if you really look at it, this movie plays the white cop up as the hero. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. Well, he was the hero at the end, but like, and it kind of bleeds into that, like all cops are bad narrative into this in, in the sense that like the 
80% of the movie, he's just going along with it and committing crimes with this other cop. Well, but he's Like, he doesn't want not, to, yeah. and he doesn't feel good about it, but he's not stopping it. But he's, yeah, but it's also, now that you kind of go to that, I'm not, I don't want to mess your flow up, Chris, but so mm-hmm. if you want me to stop and you get there eventually, I, I'm not going to talk about anything in specific so much. The, o- the only as, thing uh, I mean is that I just don't want, and I don't necessarily think anyone would here, but I don't necessarily want to have this like, oh, we're getting on our pedestal and talking about fuck cops. No, for sure. I'm just, <laughs> I think it is, is kind of important to at least bring it up and talk about it. Right. I just, because don't, I don't think any of us watched this movie tonight or last night or whatever and, and didn't, didn't think, think about it. Yeah. I yeah. more just mean I don't want to have a political discussion. We can talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, yeah. that was so more going. Going to kind of Blake's point, regardless of, you know, looking at the cop here thing, just as the, if you just look at the story itself, it is interesting to say that he's kind of going along with it because it's interesting. He's kind of looking and it's like he's, he's being fed this information from someone who's saying that this is something that he needs to do. And this is clearly a new situation for him. So it's not so much that he's going along with it because he has loose morals so much as he's trying to understand. And also because if you really think about it, He's kind of being, for lack of a better term, he's kind of being gaslit into all these situations yeah, by him. And it's interesting because it, it's part of what makes Alonzo like, such a brilliant character is that you get to watch him kind of slowly but surely come up with fairly solid excuses as to why he's doing the things he's doing, yeah. even though he actually has an ulterior motive. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't. I didn't mean to imply that. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm just um, saying it's Ethan Hawke's character, part of the beauty of the movie, not the booty of the movie. <laughs> Both. Oh, even Mendes is in this movie, so this movie got some booty. <laughs> Ain't that the truth, boy? Uh, oh, that was young. before she was the world's finest woman. Yeah, whatever, seriously. Unless you won, I don't know the actual name of the award, so it was basically that. Yeah, world's world's most hottest female. <laughs> I think was the correct title. I love grammar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But no, like I said, we didn't have to get into a whole conversation about it. I just thought it was interesting no, to at, at least this, mention at this, at this point, it. we can have the conversation. I think that, like, I think that a lot of the stuff that I really took note of with Jake is almost like the the George Floyd situation, where like the a lot of the cops that were there were rookies. So this movie is kind of the same, where it's like a lot of people will defend those other cops by being like, "Oh, well." They have to listen to their boss. They're not going to stop listening to the man in charge. And whether you agree with that or not, this is the same thing we see in this movie where Jake is listening to Alonzo because he's the guy in charge. He's also the guy who carries the keys to his future. And this mm-hmm. may sound this may sound really bad, but a lot of the stuff that Alonzo did in the beginning of the movie wasn't that bad. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to sit here and defend him, but what I mean is he he didn't kill anybody. Everything was for sure. a quote unquote good reason. You know? I mean, he like held up like college kids at gunpoint and stole their drugs. Again, <laughs> so I think that's pretty fucking bad. But what I'm saying is, all like for it, a cop especially, I think they should it. be held to a higher standard. Does that make sense? If he if this was a movie about like some gangsters or something. Then yeah, not so bad because you don't expect much out of gangsters. Does that make sense? Yes, my my point is more just that there's no those actions in and of themselves and the way we see them in the movie are you can justify them whether or not the justification is good. You can justify him holding up the college kids with 
He let them go. He was just doing it to scare them out of the neighborhood. Again, not good justification, but sure. But like, here's someone in in Jake's position where you're like, okay, this is someone who I hope to be my mentor. This is someone who's going to get me my own division, like he says to his wife at the beginning of the movie. You know, this is yeah. the most important thing in my career. You know, he's going to scare the shit out of some college kids. I'm not going to complain. And I think the thing we're I'm I'm going to get into a little bit of the ending a little early here, but I think the big not necessarily problem, but a big thing about Jake that I think gets overlooked in this movie is I don't think he would have stopped Alonzo from going to the Russians if Alonzo hadn't tried to get him killed. I think the ending of that movie is entirely revenge. It's not justice, even though Jake says it is. Sure. So in the end, it almost goes to this like all cops are bastards kind of thing. You know what I mean? Well, Where it's like even the cop who did the right thing was doing it for a reason that wasn't necessarily for right. a bad reason. So here's yeah. my interesting thing. I kind of get what you're saying, but, and I do think that the, uh, the reasons that were first shown and clearly it's going through, it is from this revenge standpoint, but I think once the action starts to unfold and the kid's life becomes in danger and the wife's life becomes in danger and then it comes into play with the whole neighborhood that's clearly had enough with Alonzo or coming in, yeah. then you have this situation where I think he goes in with the uh, with the intention of like kind of revenge, but then when the push comes to shove, who he is from a character standpoint, which we've seen as someone who doesn't want to do these things, he can't shoot Alonzo unless it's going to mean that. And, and even when he does shoot him, it's kind of like, listen, I'm only shooting you because you're reaching for a gun to shoot. I love that scene. Shot yeah. me in the ass, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. No, so I don't. I don't disagree with you because I think I guess just to get my point, because I know you get where it is. But for anybody who maybe is not getting where I'm going with it, it's essentially that by the time that it's all said and done, he does come back to his real sense of justice other than just street justice. Now, I think he's aware of the fact that taking the money does have a high chance of Alonzo being killed. It's a hundred percent chance. Well, you know, but yeah. it, it, that all depends on where Alonzo goes. I mean, there's it, the thing is, is that it's, it's ultimately not up to him. All he's looking at now is, hey, I'm going to go do the thing that I've been trying to do this whole time, which is be a real cop and stop real people who are causing real problems, which is Alonzo. Right. And I think that I lost any respect for Jake that I may have had whenever he held a gun on the kid and the woman and Alonzo was searching the house for money, you know? I think that's where I kind of agree with Chris of like, you know, he didn't really do anything good in the movie. Like all he did was bad. You know, he like disagreed and he didn't shoot though a guy. I can't remember. I'm so bad with games. Roger. He didn't shoot Roger. He didn't do this or that. And he felt bad the whole time. But in the end, he did some illegal and awful shit throughout the movie and then got Alonzo killed. I mean, I, I also think that it's very weird to not mention the fact that he hopped out of a car even though he was high out of his mind on PCP and stopped a girl from getting raped. Sure, but you can <laughs> like do a good thing and still be a bad person. Well, I And I, I don't I, think he's like in general a bad person. Like I don't want to like twist my own words up or whatever, but I don't think that one like makes everything else okay. Well, look, I think what this is is it comes all the way back down to my basic thing where I think most actions need to be looked at with the value of what, what the intention was behind them. And clearly his intention all along was to get to a point where he's doing good, but he's trying to, he's coming into this new world that clearly Alonzo is kind of faking. Alonzo's mm. kind of setting up actions that are even more crazy and then trying to make them seem like they're part of like the worst days on this job as a, Hey, this is what you got to get used to. And you've got to be willing, excuse me. You got to be willing sometimes 
to do whatever it takes to potentially stop what it, it's kind of the moral d- dilemma from the Belco experiment, right? Do you, do you potentially do a bad thing to save the majority of people or do you not do that and let this same person keep going out here and corrupting and killing people? It, it's, you know, it's kind of the one versus the many, but I only mean that in the sense of for the majority of the movie, we're seeing him caught up in a position where at first he's trying to learn and understand hit the position and where Alonzo yeah. is coming from. And then once it's clear where Alonzo is coming from, he realizes he's kind of, as Alonzo would put it, it's, it's chess, not checkers. Yeah. He, he's already strong armed uh, Hoyt into a position where he doesn't, he doesn't immediately see a clear way out. Sure. And yeah, I'm not saying that Jake is like a bad person or like the worst person. You know what I mean? I don't think he's as bad as Alonzo. I just don't think any benefit of the doubt should be given to him. Does that make sense? I guess, and I, I'm just going to say, I, I guess this comes from the, the basic pr- principle of when I look at this, I actually think that for the majority of the movie, even though he's being, he's getting his eyes open to a lot of crazy things, or at least as he thinks from what Alonzo's doing. And some of it clearly true, but I don't come from a basic standpoint of any one group of all people are bad. So I don't know. I guess I, I do see all the reasons in the world to give this man the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I don't, I think the one thing is like, I think even in that scene, like, and I think they do this a lot throughout the movie is they show Jake questioning Alonzo and they show there's one scene specifically. I don't know exactly when it was, but it's during one of the conversations they're having together and you hear Jake like muttering like the right things that he should be doing, like mm-hmm. almost trying to like hold on yeah. to them while kind of being like, I think Alonzo's right. Um, and I think that's really interesting where you see, you see Alonzo manipulate him a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doing the like, oh, you know, you did a great job. This is going to be great for you. That kind of thing. You see that a ton when Alonzo's losing control of Jake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for so, sure. So I think that's the thing is like when Jake disagrees, you see it and then some, they do something and then Alonzo uh, rains praise down on him because that brings him back in. He's like, oh, okay. You get these moments of Jake realizing like this guy is my mentor so I'm going to listen to what he says kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I think Alonzo is a master con artist, you know? Yeah. 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 And like like I said, I don't think Jake is inherently a bad person because he was obviously very against a lot of the things that he ended up doing. And like you mm-hmm. said, a lot of it was because of the way Alonzo talks to him Yeah, and manipulates him and, and like Brett said, gaslights him. But, you know, I just, I don't know. I think there was a few times where being a cop, you should have been like, hey, this is kind of fucked up we don't have a warrant and i'm pointing a gun at a child well, you that, know what i mean that's the like, question is i mean and this is more of a moral question than a cop question i guess doesn't really excuse sure. him, even if the answer is yes but like is the better thing to do lie about that and take the drug dealer off the street i think in a vacuum a lot of people would say yes right like the better option is to lie and get the drug dealer and i wonder how we would look at that scene if there were drugs there and we didn't see alonzo rob her you know yeah yeah i think that, it, I think that it, would it, change the context of the scene sure and i, I think the ending also changes point, the context but. you know if we didn't know the ending and a lot of the ulterior motives of why he was doing things i think it would right. 
be different too, you know, but being a movie and being an, a story with an ending, you know, it's hard to look at certain scenes without the context of the ending. Definitely, for sure. So, yeah, I didn't mean to throw us off in a tangent, but I, like Brett said, I think it's kind of important because I don't think any one of us watched the movie and didn't think, hey, it's 2020, maybe we should talk about this a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just didn't want to turn it into like a political thing. So I was kind of... Yeah, I tried to keep it we shouldn't have talked about it, but I didn't want to like get super deep into it, you know. Well, like we were talking yeah, about for earlier, sure. sometimes people come to this content to avoid political mess. So in this particular yeah. situation, I think it's just hard to not draw a parallel. It's not like we're pulling it out of our asses. Yeah, <laughs> right. So... I mean, it's, it's not very, like we're ham fisting something random into it. Like it's exactly. very much the concept of 2020 as a whole. I mean, Alonso <laughs> literally says we're cops. We can do whatever the fuck we want. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alonso is the definition of a cab. <laughs> um, I think Alonso is actually the definition of that single cop is a bastard. Yes. I would agree with you there. Um, <laughs> you know what I meant? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Obviously, Alonzo isn't every cop. Uh, Alonzo, <laughs> clearly a bastard. That's what ACAP stands for. <laughs> so how did we feel? Let's, so let's actually just talk about Alonzo then. Like, how do we feel about Alonzo? Like, what? Cause I, I think his cool factor is 11 out of 10. I would agree. <laughs> he is, the way he leans against a wall and lights a seat. I don't know, dude. I fucking love him. Like, I fucking yeah. hate him, but I fucking love him. <laughs> That's the thing I, I I said to myself a bunch during this movie is like this guy sucks and he's genuinely terrifying but I kind of want to chill with him. <laughs> in real in, in real life, fuck that dude. Yeah. In movie life, I yeah I want to chill with that dude. <laughs> the thing is, he seems like a guy who would be like a really good friend to have until he kills you, or you a know? really bad enemy. Like yeah. I mean, he's his own worst enemy. That's the point of the movie, right? Although, uh, whenever they killed Ro- or he killed Roger, you know, yeah, I love that line where he's like, um, "He was your friend, man." He's like, "What?" Because he knew my motherfucking first name. <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. The whole thing with Roger is really good because um, I like you know Scott Lang as Roger. I think that was a really yeah inspired choice. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I do find that whole thing interesting, and I think that's one of the things I put in my notes, which we can kind of talk about where. I don't think this is a cop movie. I think this is a mafia movie. See, that's actually a good way to put a it. A gangster because, movie, I think. Yeah. Well, it's weird, though, right? Because Even think see, about the it, implication exists that part of what's going on here is that you're seeing essentially the inner workings of the police that operate in a mafia-like manner, yeah. which clearly are going to exist in certain cities and certain districts, certain police departments. Especially bigger cities like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the dinner scene alone, not, it's yeah. not really a dinner, but with Alonzo drinking the wine and the three older cops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were literally called the Three Kings. Like, or, yeah. 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 Like, it was very clear to me like at that point where it was like, okay, <clears throat> so this is him like getting the permission and being allowed, which is one of the interesting things with Jake. It's like, Alonzo got all this cleared. Not that that, again, not justification, but it almost puts Jake even more in the movie universe wrong i guess you know well he didn't get all of it cleared he got a lot of it cleared though yeah he got the important stuff cleared he got the roger stuff cleared yeah and And you know the situation about that that's weird is that you can clearly see on jake's face while he's sitting there he thinks what he's seeing is like even though he clearly knows that the warrant was bribed 
at yeah. the time, he's still unsure and he's trying to figure out what's going on. And he's almost like, oh, am I finally like, am I happening to come in on the end of a very long bust or not? And yeah, right. then as the event starts to unfold and you see that Roger <laughs> is clearly waiting for Alonzo and being like, Alonzo's going to have your guys' uh, throats for this. You know, it's like clearly Roger's viewing this from the standpoint of, oh, Alonzo is my friend. Right. And so you see more and more of this kind of happen. And then you see the way that it's kind of turned and how Alonzo talks to Roger just to ultimately shoot him. And that's why suddenly Jake comes from like, but why'd you do it? Because clearly everything they were doing was illegal at that point. The mm-hmm. taking the money that wasn't supposed to be there. It's like, it, it's funny watching it kind of wash over him. Yeah. Because it's like, again, at first, it's, well, how bad is it that we just came into this guy's house and cut into his floor and we have guns at him? But he doesn't fully understand the relationship. So it's he's kind of trying to gauge this movie. And I think that's what makes it so fun to watch is that you have Alonzo, who clearly, as you continue to watch the movie, the movie continuously tells you, if you're really just paying attention, about the Russians. You Mm -hmm. hear about it often. And you're kind of like, okay. But you're kind of you're kind of just seeing these things play out, and you're having to watch between what is clearly a masterful plan on Alonzo's part, and that plan sadly including Jake's character and Jake trying to understand if it's some kind of weird play and if it's something that's wrong or if this is actually potentially one of the evils of this job that he's potentially looking at, and w- with the clear you know his clear intention being to make his city a better place. Right. I, and I guess it's a good example of, you know, there's a line that uh, is said to Jake from Alonzo where he's talking about the love for his family and how it's in his <laughs> eyes. But I actually yeah. think that there's kind of an unspoken thing there where Alonzo realizes just how eager to move up and make something of himself he is. And he wears that, on his eyes and Alonzo mm-hmm. knows that that's the one thing that he could continuously tap into to try and pull Jake back around is find a way to justify it. Say it's part of the job and a greater, uh, a lesser evil to get rid of a greater evil and be like, you're going to get somewhere with this and then you can make the change from the inside. He knows what he needs to say because he knows the core values that Jake shares. And then he knows what Jake has ambition to be more. So pulling all these things together, you get to see where it's like, Sometimes people let things go because they think it's something that is doing the right thing and helping. And it goes to show that when you have that much ambition, it's very easily to be manipulated in people of higher position who you think you're supposed to be following. I would agree with that. Um, Real quick, speaking of the Three Kings a little bit earlier. Yes. And the conversation that they had. Can we just talk about the peanut butter story? (laughs) <laughs> that's exactly what I called it in my notes the peanut butter peanut story, butter story. Yeah. <laughs> also while we're talking about that I've got a note that I will get to but you go ahead and talk about that because what a fucking story <laughs> I mean I didn't really want to like repeat it word for word I just wanted to laugh about it for a minute <laughs> so here, here's my question to y'all do you feel like this was a completely made up story that they thought would be funny or do you think this was based off of something that actually happened that they were like we've got to put this in you know, we've got to take this real story and use it as an event. So in here's this the thing. I hope it actually has I've grown up believing that's a real story. And I don't know if that's because I watched this movie young <laughs> enough where that has just been something real to me. Ingrained or, in your mind. Yeah, or if it's... <laughs> that's the thing. 
I want it to be real. I feel like it can't be real. Right. That's so fucking funny though. But I don't think it can either because I think you have to go through like a therapist and like a counselor, all kinds of shit to be like actually like considered crazy or whatever. Well and you know, like, I don't think it's literally just the judge be like, Whoa, that was crazy. All right, you're off. <laughs> well ultimately it's not about the judge and that's actually how you know that even uh, what I'm more curious if it's based off of a real story because ultimately the jury is gonna be the one who determines whether or not they're that someone's crazy you know it depends on the plea though i guess it does yeah you know if you plead guilty and if you plead insanity is that also do you have to go to a jury you know what i mean yeah i don't know that yeah me either so that's one of those funny things about movies is how little we actually know and how much we think of the processes we understand based off of what movies show just uh, just to realize that none of it's accurate (laughs) but Yes. While we're talking about peanut butter, you may be thinking <laughs> about the fact that I've heard this line said before, and I never realized that it's either from this or this is an older line that just happened to be here. But when they're walking in the neighborhood, you know, uh, <laughs> Alonzo's neighborhood, and yeah. the girl walks by and she's like, hey, Alonzo, and whatever. And then he's like, uh, all that jelly, but no toast. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. The thing is, like, a lot, oh man, that's the big pro- thing with this character is I kind of want to be him, but he's such a bad dude, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, he's so cool where I'm watching this movie and I'm like, I'm going to get a fucking trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's the it's, problem where it's like, I probably couldn't pull it off that way, but just watching him makes me want even, to do it. Even the scene where I think he's at his most terrifying he's still so fucking cool you know yeah i think that's the thing with denzel but like i think the weed scene where he makes jake smoke weed is alonzo yeah is alonzo at his scariest and i think his scariest is when he's trying to convince him to shoot him with a shotgun he's like close the blinds and the lighting kind of changes and shit that's true but i feel like that's more of like a sinister scary whereas like if this if i if i was in the scene in the car i would piss myself if <laughs> i was PCP. In, also true but if i was in the scene in the house i would be intimidated but i don't think it would be the same kind of scared you know does that make sure sense? you know he said he planned it for a week i wonder if he got that drug dealer to lace it with pcp knowing oh, he was, was going to give yeah, it to him absolutely that's why they went so hard after the college kids for sure yeah yeah so here's my question and i need I, I still don't understand it after watching it so many times. Why did he need Jake? Because that is a that is a risk that he added to the to the plan that I feel like didn't need to be there. Well, I think the thing is, is that he already had his other crew that he was cool with. Yes. And I think what happened is bringing Jake in as new blood allows him to make the things, the sacrifices needed and having a backup of, okay, here's a guy that we can pull in and I can use him for this and I can use him for that because he doesn't know any better. He's coming in, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed as, as Dr. Phil would say. Yeah. <laughs> and that allows him the ability to kind of have someone be culpable and then create a situation where that culpability can't be, messed with because the moment he tries to say anything it's like well hey you had you were high on psp uh psp (laughs) (laughs) man that that psp is good but yeah you know it's just when you when you you understand that whole umd yourself (laughs) (laughs) 
but yeah, man. I, I wonder think, if training day was on UMD. I bet it was. <laughs> it definitely was. I, I guarantee it was actually. So here, here's my thing with what you're saying. Well, I don't necessarily disagree. The thing is, like, it feels to me if Jake, was. If Jake was part <laughs> of their plan, Jake should have died in the house <laughs> with Roger. You know, because that Jake ends. The, Jake leaves the movie as a hero. All of the stuff that happens could still be blamed on him as he's dead. And Alonzo has literally no risk. So, it, I mean, I actually uh, think that the more I think about it, it is a fair point because realistically, the only benefit he could look at is if he's wanting to keep doing shit of this crazy of a level after he gets away with, you know, because I guess you could look at it as future proofing, trying to get one more person in his crew that's as loyal as his others so that right. he has people around him so that once he gets out of this Russia situation, if he ever finds himself in a sticky situation, he knows he has people he can he can count on to help him get where he needs to be. But yeah. at the same time, you're right. If his end goal was literally just to get out of this Russia thing and the Russians trying to kill him, ultimately that would have been the right spot to end it. Yeah. Um, the only thing is like and you can't tell because you don't know if what alonzo is saying is manipulation or if what alonzo is saying is true but i guess the only justification for me that makes much sense would be that throughout the day alonzo started to think that jake could actually work in his crew yeah so that's he decided, what I was getting at. he decided to stop making him a fall guy but i think that's that kind of just makes it almost worse in a lot of ways where it's like you could have gotten away with this if you had just been like, Hey Jake, we're going to do this tomorrow. (laughs) Well, I think I'd agree with you that that was where he was at. If it hadn't come to the point that once everything was said and done and Jake was still basically where he should be, that he leaves him behind at the, the family as it were, which also while we're talking about that, why was Tuco from breaking bad? Basically the The best part of the movie. No, well, is that is that all that actor can do? Is he? A, I mean, is he a one note actor? What about the bald Mexican actor with him? That's the only character he ever plays. He's in it, like four hundred movies. Always the random Mexican gangbanger. He's the guy, right? Who his entire IMDb page is him playing characters named Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Good for that's, him, dude. I think that's him. I, I'm going to look while we're doing this, so you guys go off on your conversation. But no, Tuco's fucking amazing. I don't care. Tuco, I no, love here, Tuco. I love Tuco, but I don't like seeing people play the exact same character in two different things. That's what bothers me. Like, you know, when you have Breaking Bad and you see Tuco and then you have Tuco come back around in Better Call Saul, it's like, okay, well, this is the same universe and this is the same character. So it would make sense <laughs> that he's the same person. But then you watch him here and it's like, oh, okay. And he says, uh, oh, yeah, I've had my shit pushed in. <laughs> yeah, it's the same character. I mean, dude, it's literally <laughs> the same character. And it just kind of broke. It's weird because, I, again, I, I clearly have seen the movie before. But now that I've, you know, I've seen Breaking Bad all the way through twice since then. And now it's just like I'm seeing that. I'm like, this kind of took me out of the movie. Like, oh no! I loved it. I fucking loved it. I like it. Uh, you know, there's the only thing, one thing that took me out of the movie. Uh, well, we I, gotta, we, I gotta hear about this. Yeah, please tell us. Doctor Trey is one of the worst actors that I've ever is seen in my entire life. He's fucking terrible. I don't, it's funny. I like he is it. awful. I if the other, the if the other ninety nine percent of the movie wasn't perfect, I would hate the movie because of him. But everything else is so good; it lets me forgive it. So, 
I was watching, right? And on Amazon, it shows you who some of the big actors are. Yeah. And it was just weird because it was like, of course, it said Denzel Washington. It said Ethan Hawke. And then over to the side, I think it said, forgot about Dre. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was the song, the instrumental that played in the very beginning. Yeah, I know. But it's just... It, but it said it like it was an actor, not that oh, it was like oh, a Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. <laughs> I, I'd have to go back and double check, but I remember being like, what does that mean? And then I thought, I was like, does that mean that Dr. Dre is in this movie? And like the, the picture was not a picture of Dr. Dre. It was a picture of the chronic. So <laughs> I was just kind of confused and looking at it. And so then I had this thing in my mind where I was like, I don't remember Dr. Dre being in this movie. So I'm watching and then suddenly as soon as I see him, I'm like, Holy shit, Dr. Dre is in this movie. Yeah. And yeah, he's fucking sadly, terrible. I did forget about Dre. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I don't necessarily like him in this movie, but I thought it was fine. I, uh, he, he wasn't awful, but also yeah. he oh, didn't man. have a big he didn't have a big enough part for it to matter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he was only in like I guess two scenes ultimately, but the second one was pretty long. But he only had like three lines. Oh, he did was still, every time I watch it. <laughs> huh? All he did was stand with the gun. I don't really know. Well, he's every time he said something, it just didn't seem real. Like I don't know. I think because everyone else in this movie is so good. I mean, Ethan Hawke and Denzel are two of the best in my opinion. Yeah. And he is just so bad. I think is why it sticks out more. You know, like watching watching the wash, which is that car wash movie with him and Snoop Dogg and Eminem. <laughs> like it's a goofy movie and it's funny and I like it. Yeah, and it's terrible, but I expect it to be terrible. It's not yeah. Denzel and Ethan Hawke. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I don't know. I just I feel it's not a ba- it's not a weird complaint because I get what you're saying. But it also comes off to me as like <laughs> complaining about the one bad thing in this movie. Because, oh, I know, and all it's you can find, all you can find is like the three lines this guy says. Drop <laughs> most better. of the movie, he's Look. just standing there with a gun, chewing <laughs> gum. <laughs> it is a huge nitpick, and I understand that. And I, I was gonna spoil my star rating, but I guess I'll save it. But. Like, like I said, it's a perfect movie. I fucking love it. I just, every time if I watch you, it now, every time I see him, I just think, God damn it, I wish if, it was somebody else. If you do what I think you you're going to do during ratings, Blake, I'm going to fly to Georgia and cut your dick off. Whoa. <laughs> I, I don't know what you think I'm going to do. I know, because I know what your rating is going to be. And I know that you're going to blame it on Doctor Trey. It's going to no, be my. So I'll just spoil it now because everyone's making a big deal. It's a five no, out of five. No, man, why, why are you going to do that? You're not supposed to do that. Yeah. I spoiled it. Sorry, I, I love this movie. It's not I, that I don't like it. I just I can't help but not mention it. I'm just giving you shit because I saw your rating was four and a half on Letterboxd. I'm like, this man oh, okay. going to take off half a fucking star <laughs> because Doctor Trey stood for two minutes of the movie and didn't no. do anything. I don't know when I gave it a four and a half, but it's it's a five out of five for me. Okay, um, <clears throat> so I guess <laughs> we're we're not going to end the show after forty five minutes. So. <laughs> Our ending note is Dr. Dre should have been exhibit. <laughs> I would have liked it more. I did, I did have one question though: which Dr. Dre is more intimidating, this Dr. Dre or current Dr. Dre? Current dude is fucking buff as fuck. He is buff as fuck. But he also looks like a wine aunt. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like, but like he doesn't. This Dr. Dre looks like he could squeeze my head like an orange and blow it up, but it, it doesn't look like he would. Where the Dr. Dre in this movie, like the fat Dr. Dre, he's not fat, but the bigger Dr. Dre or portly one, uh, looks like he would shoot me in the head if I said something wrong to him. So I feel like this is the more intimidating Dr. Dre. What's your take, Brett? I think I got to agree with you because really I was thinking it too. Like right now you look at him and he's just swole as shit, but you're yeah. right. He, even though he's swole as shit, he's like the Michael Duncan Clark where you see him. It's like, you may be huge, yeah. but you just look like you, like you might prefer being the big spoon. That's about <laughs> it. Like, <laughs> uh, so, you know, I'm not trying to throw any shade. Hey, who knows for all I'm aware <laughs> from his music, maybe he was legitimately a gangster one time. I don't know for, if for anything, I'm happy that he's not a gangster now. If he's not, you know, I, I hope that this man ain't still out capping people. But <laughs> okay, the, nobody who raps is a gangster, <laughs> especially hey. not back then. Hey, I don't know. I, all I can tell you is that for all the stuff he says in his songs, if he ever did any of that, I'm glad he didn't have to now. I should amend myself. Easy E was a gangster, and I think this is a total tangent because he's not in this movie, but his friends are. But my favorite, <laughs> story, my favorite story about Easy E is that he got rich and bored so he's continued to sell drugs as a multi-million selling artist <laughs> why the fuck not I, I mean listen get your bag hey dmx got rich and then continued to use drugs so yeah <laughs> well <laughs> to be fair much love to dmx and he's been clean for a while now and i'm very proud of him so yeah. just wanted to be just wanted to be clear i'm not shitty on dmx i, I fucking I love it him was, was it you who tweeted that picture of dmx and it was just i'd like to invite you to the rough riders initiative yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's got the uh the trench coat and khakis yeah. on and the looks like a uh fucking uh fuck turtleneck yeah yeah, yeah. he looks like he looks like <laughs> it's incredible or nick uh i can't even remember the name nick fury um, yeah, so, Brett, is that I, what that's a reference to? Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't Avengers fucking know. Initiative. Oh, okay. I just thought it was funny. I don't know. I don't watch the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, don't, because the first Avengers movie is terrible. Fuck Damn. you! <laughs> <laughs> Did you just break your desk. That was really loud. <laughs> I threw my notebook down. <laughs> For anybody who may be upset by my remark, I did not enjoy the movie. I don't think it's the worst movie ever. I just know that it would make Chris. <laughs> Boy, you so heated. Uh, Belko experiment. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I guess- I, hold on, hold on, Blake. Battle Royale. <laughs> I liked Battle Royale. Y'all keep y'all always do this, but I liked the movie. <laughs> it just wasn't amazing. <laughs> um, As I was gonna say earlier, Blake continues to be the king of aggressively bad takes on aggressively good <laughs> movies with his Dr. Dre comment. <laughs> Okay, yeah. nobody's sitting here and saying Dr. Dre was good, Look, right? Hey, can I ask you a question, Blake? Okay, you just I, I didn't really, mind him. Can, can I? Can I? Can I give you a statement that I think you should follow? Can you? Just, yes. Can you just forget about Dre and give this movie the five? Out of five <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget about Dre. Now, nowadays, oh, everybody want to talk. They got something to say. So, okay, Jesus Christ. Anyways. <laughs> Oh man! Talk Listen, about. I love how white it makes me sound. Is what's more funny. <laughs> well, now sir, everybody want to talk. Let it got something to say. I have, <laughs> Does I, sound like Eminem <laughs> a little bit. Actually. It's real high pitched and fast. <laughs> I got that when they move the lips. 
I did happen to forget about uh, Dr. Dre, but... Drayford. I happen, Drayford. Dr. I happen, Drayford. I happened to stumble upon a memory later of <laughs> Mr. Dre. So I did not forget about Dr. Dre. I don't know. It was like a real bad British accent. Um, I don't know what that was, but I hated it. So good job. Cool. So that was the midweek tea for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Which under is, the water. I remember Dr. Dre. <laughs> <laughs> Even under the sea, we love Dr. Dre. That's, yeah, that's what you say. Is hey, have, you know, hey, did you guys watch? Uh, did you have you guys seen Training Day? Oh yeah. What was your What was the part that you liked the most? Oh, Dr. Dre. <laughs> oh, I forgot. About oh my that god. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the other rapper cameo with Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Which. I think he's a. I will give Blake some credit. Snoop Dogg is a much better actor in this movie than Doctor Dre because Snoop Dogg actually did things. That's uh, my thing. Okay, it's not that maybe Doctor Dre isn't the worst actor of all time. Maybe I was a little bit hyperbolizing. I mean, he's but be- he was better than he Tuco is being the worst. Name no way. Yeah, Tuco was great in this movie. Fuck off. Oh yeah, he was great being probably who the fuck he actually is. In a okay, movie. okay, and okay. you have to remember you, you're forgetting something here. This movie am I forgetting out, Dre again? God damn! <laughs> this movie came out what two thousand and five years ago before Breaking Bad. So listen, if so, anything, Breaking Bad creator Mike, whatever his name is, Vince Vaughn, Vince. he watched the <laughs> he watched this movie and said, "I want him." Yes. Now listen. Just I literally him, the maybe, actor maybe. and the character. My point he, being is that if he had been paying attention, he wouldn't have forgotten about Dre, and Dre would have been playing two cups Salamanca. That would have been much better. <laughs> yes, actually, yeah. I could just imagine Dre. Oh yeah, I've had it pushed up the ass. <laughs> oh god! I had my shit pushed in. <laughs> that was weird, right? The whole like. Yeah, I got raped in jail. It was fucking sick. I was trying to figure that out because I was like, I loved what are they it. talking about? Because they were saying it. I thought the same thing. I was like, that's like, you've had a dick in your ass, right? Yeah. I'm like, that's cool. I'm not judging you guys, but it sounds like forcefully. So right. I, why are you saying it like you're bragging? And it also, was- why was that the moment that suddenly we just see Jake be like, no, fuck this table. <laughs> I ain't with I the gay shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Murder, fine. Gay shit, hell no. <laughs> Our father who are in heaven, I'll be that day. <laughs> fellas, fellas, is it gay to have your shit pushed in? <laughs> uh, answer that on our, uh, find us on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet at us and <laughs> tell us, is it gay to have your shit pushed in? Matinee underscore midweek. <laughs> oh, fuck. <clears throat> <laughs> Anyways, Eva Mendez. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to talk about course correct over here. <laughs> we got to talk about some football. Anyone score Is it gay to be attracted to Eva Mendez? <laughs> I, like, I like sports. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really funny about the scene where. Um, Let's let's go back. We'll, we'll cut the shit for a little bit. <laughs> and talk well, about the shit. Here, hold on. Let's push the shit in real quick. All right. Let's get to it. <laughs> let's put the shit in and get a little serious. Okay. So let's. Let's just talk about the scene at the end with uh, not at the end, but with um, where we see Eva Mendez naked. Yeah, I know that's a good scene. I mean, we could talk about that scene, but I might need to take a <laughs> two minute break. Um, but no, I want to talk about the scene where the poker scene. Yeah, 
because I yeah. think that scene is really awesome the first time because you're just playing poker. But the this time watching it, I'm watching it with this the context of knowing that these guys know that they're gonna kill Jake. <laughs> yeah, they're just fucking with him. Yeah, and it just makes that scene. It makes the scene intimidating on second watch, but then it makes the turn to the next hand of poker 10 times more intimidating where it's like, Oh shit, this is like actually going down. Um, Blake, what were your thoughts on that scene? Like, how did you feel watching that guy? I just love that entire scene. I love how they're just kind of fucking with him and the dialogue about the gun. He's like, Hey, I've seen that gun, but my problem is I haven't seen your gun and how he gets them. Even though he takes the bullets out, if it's the same gun, yeah, and I'm not a gun person. I don't own guns. I don't know anything about guns, so maybe I'm wrong here. But if it's the same type of gun, same caliber, same name, that clip that he has would fit into yeah, his gun. I'm 95% sure you're correct. Right? So handing him an empty gun doesn't mean anything when he can grab his own gun and shoot what that way or just well, transfer the clip over and shoot, like whatever. So thinking back a little bit about that scene, right? One of the great things about that scene is I think that they knew he was going to take his bullets out because it's cop and they, and they don't want to find bullet casings that match his gun and all that. Mm. Sure. There's so many things that he doesn't want to do. He doesn't want to give them something that has ammo because it makes it that much easier to quickly shoot him. Not that they couldn't change clips out, but he'd have more time to react if necessary. But I like the kind of game of chess that's going there where they're, they know the way he's going to react due to his position and the fact that he's clearly out of his <clears> element. So when yeah. you're kind of watching this unfold, it's all about making sure that whenever it comes time that he does not have a way to defend himself. And that's just so awesome to watch unfold. And as you kind of see it wash over his face where he realizes what's going on, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty intense. It's a, that's a really great scene. And yeah. honestly, it was super whole, well written. Yeah. Yeah. And, as it the way it follows out even and and going through and i like again you know you guys know i appreciate when movies choose to bring their stuff back in him uh, him stopping the rape is one thing right and i'm glad they brought that back up but i like that they went out of their way to show him picking up her wallet so that during that scene they can pull the wallet out and then suddenly have a reason for that to be seen Mm -hmm. it feels believable in the way that it was done in the movie even though it's clearly an element to work within the story and i like that i thought that was really cool and how it comes back together because you know you have that tension too that builds from that scene where he's on the phone with his uh, niece or whatever and he's kind of going through and he's like oh did you talk to any cops today and, he, and she says no and you kind of have like you know i still remember this scene but for first time viewers you have the thing of like oh is this the end like is he gonna uh, you know is he is he gonna stop it there and choose not to believe or is he gonna press further and tell her you know hey it's okay i just need to know the truth did something happen <clears throat> so watching that tension unfold and then the uh, a resulting thing where it's almost like he earned all the credit he needed back for helping them it's just a, I, I like that a lot about that scene and it's also a way to bring him back to a point where it's kind of like he realizes that his good actions did come back in a way that helped him and it kind of brings his character back to a base well in a lot of ways i agree i agree with you i think the interesting thing is a lot of ways that's kind of like a very blatant moral like you know what i mean i don't know necessarily the right word it's not a dilemma but like showing where good morals and bad morals mix because if jake had just listened to Alonzo, they would never have stopped and he would have died. Whereas if Alonzo was a better cop, he would never be in this situation, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
Something I find really funny about that scene is the shower curtains on the bathtub. I don't know if you noticed, but it was all like taped pictures of Jesus and like stuff from the Bible. <laughs> and I just no, think I, it, didn't. I think it's hilarious that they were going to kill him in a bathtub whose shower curtains had also. You know what else is weird on them? Yeah, Again, well, this movie is all about foreshadowing what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy just to sit there and consistently watch it happening because you know before they go over there and you see, uh, you see Jake outside of the car and you see Alonzo on the phone and you're kind of running through this and you hear Alonzo say that bathtub better be clean. It's like, oh, okay, he's directly referencing what's about to go down. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't I think Alonzo makes it very clear throughout the entire movie what he's planning. I just don't think it's easy to to put together until the end, you know. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's it, that's one of the cool things is as you get more and more plot detail, some of the earlier things that you may have heard and remembered because of the way they said come back around in a way that suddenly makes you kind of go, this mastermind motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's such a good plan that I don't. I, that's part of why I don't understand why he would ruin it with the the guy uh, Jake. Like he doesn't. I don't understand why he needs him, and I don't think the movie ever really justifies it outside of the fact that maybe it was just happenstance, and yeah. he had to improvise. That that I would understand. I just wish the movie kind of said it. It's really the only issue I have with the movie, mm-hmm. uh, other than the fact that the bag. Uh, very clearly not holding a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <clears throat> Money is one of those things where I don't know. It may have been a million dollars. The one thing that makes that really hard to tell is that you think a million dollars is like a lot of money, but if it's in the right bills, it really doesn't take up near as much space as you'd think. <laughs> no, but it was in 50s and yeah. he had four stacks of 50s because isn't it the stacks of 100s are 10,000, right? Mm, yeah, I think that's right. So if a stack of a hundreds is ten thousand, how is f- six stacks of fifties two hundred and fifty thousand? <laughs> you know, because if you watch the scene with the bricks of money, and he's like, "Oh, you know, here he's passing them out." It's only like six one, six of them, and they show that it's all fifties. So it's very clearly they didn't just do a little bit of that work to be like, "This is actually a million dollars." Yeah, and obviously you don't want your main actors running around with what I can only imagine is like a fifteen pound bag. But sure, that's true. You'd hate to, <clears throat> you'd hate to tire out Denzel Washington's arm. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> I mean, listen, keep those, his pimp hands strong. Those are those muscles were prosthetics. Those arms have some have some uh, have some swagger, you know. You can't kill that swag. <laughs> that's the, that's the thing with I don't know. I just think it makes Alonzo such an enduring character. It's just the perfect performance from Denzel. It's just it really is mind boggling how good it is. You know this kind of, this comes back to one yeah. of those things where do you wonder ever when you watch certain movies do you wonder if a movie was written or I should say a character in a movie was written with an actor in mind or if the actor just found a way to take the character and elevate them to the next level and it's funny because sometimes it is as the, the people are like I know exactly who I want to play this mm-hmm. I mean I I feel like it I feel like I've read that it was written for him. But I do not know that for sure. But yeah. he, regardless of it, he fucking full on, you know, nailed it. 
and that's the thing is Denzel is just, in my opinion, he's one of the best actors of all time. He's my favorite actor to the point where, like, when I was a kid, I wanted to name my firstborn Denzel. I still might. <laughs> no, he he is a fantastic actor, and it's one of those things where every time I see him in something, I know that even if the movie turns out bad as a whole, it's almost a, a, an impossibility that his performance could disappoint me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't think even in the movies I don't like from him, he uh, he's bad. Like I watched uh, that movie Fences that he has, and I didn't like that movie, but Denzel was still incredible in it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Just yeah, a, I wanted to see that one. One of the full, most consistent actors we have. Um, so I think I don't know that we have too much to talk about because I think the big thing with this movie is that we all love it. So it's not. I don't have anything to complain about. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say. One thing that I am, I've always thought, even like when I remember back to the first movie, like first time I watched it, and I would double check when watching this, I thought I remembered the wife and kid being introduced, and mm-hmm. then I thought I remembered in them being specifically mentioned as, uh, you know, like you can't bring that home. I always feel like this movie is essentially bring, trying to bring in the fact that eventually Alonzo is going to use his children as a ploy against him or his wife and kid as a ploy against him. And he never yeah, really I was, does. I was kind of surprised he didn't. Yeah. Oh, also I feel like I'd be remiss to not mention the fact that Alonzo's threat during the Roger home scene is uh, an LA narcotics officer was killed during a high uh, risk warrant delivery or whatever. Oh, it was so good. And, and then he, and then, you know, he's, he goes to tell him, you know, Jake Hoyt, is preceded by and then the movie ending off with that exact quotation but his name in place that was yeah. just beautiful oh it's one of the best like circular storytelling in a movie i've seen in a long time i love that like that bit of foreshadowing of that and yeah. it just makes that ending so much so ominous like that ending is already ominous but just that copy yeah. Yeah, and even small things like the fact that you see a car coming, and at the time you're not quite sure it's Alonzo's. You have a thought that maybe it is, and then you see the cops coming, and like the cop and ambulance, so you think they're going towards him, and then he goes past, and you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) It's like the movie's constantly trying to subvert what a first-time viewer may be expecting to happen. Definitely. uh, even, Even now watching that movie, his death, is sad like i don't want to see him die even though he's not a good person you know well so what we didn't talk about is kind of the interesting thing of you you said like how do you feel about alonzo earlier right and i meant to say this and then we got kind of off i think and i didn't want to derail us too much but the thing about alonzo that's weird is that the only side of alonzo you really get to see is alonzo in a form of desperation so you're seeing him at his absolute worst but there's a hint to him a small one but a hint nonetheless that there is potentially more to him Mm -hmm. and i guess what's kind of sad during the ending scene is like through all the desperation and all this you know fucked up planning and everything we don't get to continue to follow Alonzo to see him eventually get to redeem himself in our eyes even though we think he's cool it's like you also clearly know that he's fucked up so you exist in this situation where you want to see the side of him that matches with why you like him so much and right. you just don't get to do that well i think the thing with him is the reason i like him so much is because he's a bad dude in a lot yeah in sure most of it, you know 
But okay, a good way to get it's this, fun right, to do kinda, bad things. <laughs> I would do hood rat stuff with my friends. Uh, <laughs> I think my thing here right, is that the a, a clear trope in any kind of storytelling is the idea of an antihero, someone who can still be essentially the moral positive or moral neutral that brings everything back together even Mm -hmm. though they do it in a way that would not typically be seen as traditionally heroic and i think what would be interesting and at least for me i mean it may not be this way for you but i think that there's this part of alonzo that wants you to see him take the elements of him that you do like his swagger and his style and how he does stuff and approach that and apply that in a way that actually does some good and you like i shouldn't say you i like to imagine when watching this movie that in this timeline before through all these years, some of the things he's saying isn't completely a lie. Like when he's talking to Jake, I think that there's actually, you know, you say like, why does he keep him around? I think one of the answers to that question is maybe he's not blowing smoke up Jake's ass. Whenever he says, I see myself in you. And I thought the same way. I think a lot of that's probably true is that at one point in time when he was getting into the force, he thought very similarly. And so he, him seeing that Jake is kind of bringing him back to that version of himself. But at the same time, he wants to, he's, he's kind of because of his desperation, he needs to push Jake further. So it's an interesting thing, but I, I think across the movie, you get to see enough of Alonzo where for me personally, I felt like, it would be cool to eventually get to see him redeem himself in some kind of an anti-hero way where he's still doing something that's a net positive, uh, but in his own weird means, you know, through his own weird means. So I guess that's a kind of the tragedy, right? And of, yeah. course, of course the character arc needed to be what it is. And I, I think that the movie made the right call having him die. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, even though I think I wanted to see it, like somewhere inside of me, I wanted to see him get to redeem himself at the same time. I think it would have been a too safe of an ending. I think it would have felt like you're letting this guy come back and get to redeem himself. And one of the things about this movie is it kind of looks at, and a lot of what he says is true is like reality isn't always as cut and dry as you like to imagine it to be. And he's kind of applying that to police work. Like, Hey, you've got to get, you got to get what's happening in your head, matching what's happening in reality. Because if you if you live in too idealistic of a state, then you're not going to be able to function as you may need to be. So when you're seeing all that go down, I guess you have that thing where you just want to see him have a chance to do something more. But ultimately, his death is what needs to happen because it's the world that they live in. For sure, I agree. Um, I think, like I, like you said, I, the ending was perfect and it fit um everything like alonzo's desperate struggle to save himself doesn't end up coming to fruition which is too bad well like a perfect example and real quick if you've not listened to our episode on the town this is a quick spoiler for the town so fast forward 10 seconds or 20 seconds but essentially looking at the director's cut of the town that we watched having ben affleck's character in that get killed felt weird yeah i didn't like it at all and having denzel get killed here as alonzo feels right like it doesn't mean that you necessarily like it but it feels right within what the movie is giving you absolutely so i guess that's what i mean in that yeah i think that there's still a version of this movie that exists and where alonzo gets to live and gets a chance to redeem himself and maybe that movie's still good in its own way 
but the movie that we got is pretty much perfect and feels exactly right to what we're given for the whole two hours prior. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. I just, uh, like I said, I, the problem with, and the, I think more agreeing with you than anything, sorry, I'm stumbling a little bit, but it's more just like in the town, the whole movie is about a man trying to redeem himself. And this yeah. movie is about a man who doesn't feel the need for redemption. You know? True. So or at least we're not, we're, and not that we're, that we're allowed to see. Yeah, not that we're allowed to see, but I think that, th- I think that his worldview is that he's doing the right thing. He's saving lives by doing this. You know? I think he's the kind of person who, I think he does believe that, but it's it's one of those things where you see someone <laughs> over time lose, even though he's talking about reality, he's actually kind of lost sight of reality. He views himself in this kind of king-like position. Yeah. So when you kind of go through that, I do think that he does think he's doing what's necessary because he even mentions that, you know, you did what's necessary. I think he lives by his motto that he spouted throughout mm-hmm. all of it. It's just he takes it to the furthest extreme in a way that ends up not really helping him. You know, it's a, he treats everything at almost too grandiose of a level as if he's untouchable. Right. Absolutely. He absolutely thinks he is. Yeah, I mean, so it's ultimately his downfall. Yeah, so like you said, this is a movie where we don't get to see that he would ever necessarily want to redeem himself. But I feel like when you look at certain aspects of his character, it's interesting though because it's like you're seeing a man at wit's end because he knows his death is coming. That's kind of because of his actions. So when you're looking at that, like you know, there's that scene where he's like kind of using, and it's not, it's weird because it's gross that he's using his kid as kind of a reason. Like he's trying to convince his kid to come over there so that he won't shoot. And that's interesting because yeah. it's not that he's necessarily he's doing it because he doesn't think that Jake will shoot. So he's not really doing it to put the son in danger, but it's almost like he's only viewing his son as a tool at any given moment. Yeah, for and sure. And that kind of up. shows you the kind of man he is, and that's one of those interesting things. It's it's the kind of man he is, if nothing else, at this particular moment. And the fact that his kid was seemingly willing to go to this man he's met literally that day goes to show that Alonzo cannot – it just can't be some kind of model parent, clearly. <laughs> no, definitely. Well, I think the thing is, is that that's not Alonzo's wife or his legitimate child either. I don't think so either, but because, I was curious. Well, I don't think so because he has four kids and there's no evidence. There's no way that four kids fit in that apartment, <clears throat> you know? So there's that's clearly not his and it's wife. Like wife. And he never called her wife. No, he or, I mean, her not that you call your wife wife, but you know what I mean? He never mentioned her as his wife. Right, right? But he does specifically call her his girlfriend. Yeah. So, well, and this goes back to his, you hitting it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He doesn't. I think, yeah. So we don't even ever actually, and we don't know a lot of things to be fair, but I don't know. I don't know. I just think it shows that like Alonzo is a very selfish person, which is, I think, a very obvious take. <laughs> but, you know, the whole movie is him just up, just manipulating and using people and nobody around him liking him which kind of helps give him this like i'm untouchable because nobody likes him Mm -hmm. but they do what he says because up until that day he was untouchable nobody stood up to him that neighborhood could have taken him out at any point they could have but he's a cop you know they would have come down on everybody there yeah for sure 
So that's the thing is he's a cop and he probably did have stuff on all of them. So they're under his thumb more than they care about him. And you, you see that at the end when they're like, you can go, Jake, we got you. you yeah. Know? Which I think well, is a great scene. And it is. And for a lot of reasons, because it's kind of like the tyranny that he has over the neighborhood is, it has a chance to be left, but that's, it's an interesting thing. It's like they're doing it partially because it helps them with Alonzo. But I think it's also kind of this thing of like, they're doing it for ulterior motives. I mean, I think clearly they support him because now there's somebody who has evidence that can put Alonzo away. And like Alonzo is so fond of saying throughout the movie, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. Right. Sorry, I was spaced out for a second, but I am with you on that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what you said, but I agree. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um <clears throat> So, Blake, do you have anywhere else you'd like to take this conversation before we kind of wrap up? I feel like we're in a pretty good spot. Not really. I think we've either intentionally or unintentionally covered everything on my list. Yeah. Uh, My last note was goddamn Russians. So, (laughs) I mean, we pretty much covered that, but I figured I'd say it. (laughs) Oh, one shot that I really liked. I mean, it's a a very well-shot movie. I don't think it's a anything really to write home about as in many ways but the shot where is um i can i don't know why i'm so bad with names tonight ethan hawk's character is pointing at alonzo and pointing the gun at him at the end and he bends down and it's like focused on the gun yeah and then it unfocuses and the camera and the cigarettes come into view i just really like the way that looked yeah no that was a good shot the other another one that i really like is in the house with in roger's house where Alonzo is like half and half, uh, half of his face is covered in darkness. Whenever just, he yeah, closes yeah. the blind. Yeah. I think that just, yeah. Good. Very menacing. Yeah. And then yeah. it's just like, well, I guess if you can't do something, you got to do it yourself and just turns around and blasts Roger. It's like, Oh fuck. Yeah. yeah. Came out of nowhere. There are a couple of really well shot, like, you know, parts of this movie. And like yes. you say, when you're thinking about the type of movie it is, clearly it doesn't need to be like exceptional, like constantly right. awing you. But it is yeah. nice when you have moments where like, oh, that was that like I, that the visual nature of that impacted me. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to say two more things, and then I'll fly, fly over to Brett, and then we can close out. But <clears throat> wow, holy shit! No, okay, so I think it's interesting in this movie that the cops and really everyone have just no problem just open carrying weapons the whole time just running through the streets with their guns out like it's just a consistent thing that happens in this movie like why put your gun away bro what are you doing (laughs) um and then let's see i guess i actually don't have two things but i did notice that the so the boombox was a sunny i don't know if any of you guys noticed that i didn't instead of sony yeah (laughs) <laughs> um, so, so Brett yeah, fuck Sony sorry go ahead Brett why don't you give me anything else you want to talk <laughs> about and then we'll go ahead and wrap up with some ratings and picking our movies yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I'm good, honestly. I mean, I just, I really did enjoy the movie. Coming back to it and seeing it a second time, uh, it was nice. Uh, it's a really great movie, and the whole time I was glued to the screen, which is exactly what you yeah. want. So going back yeah. to your thing about the, the guns, though, it did make me laugh seeing him like try to be like, I want to buy crack from Snoop Dogg, but then immediately <laughs> getting out of the car and running with a gun and then shouting to people, uh, yeah. I'm a police officer. What you want? Uh, crack? Crack. crack. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Rookie. Can I please get some crack cocaine, sir? please <laughs> oh man and we didn't talk about it but you know blake you're talking about the scene where he's pointing the gun at the the kid and the the oh, he tries I guess fist the bump him. or whatever he tries to fist bump him yeah that, <laughs> see, i guess it's those types of things that make me still look at it that he even though he's doing it he's doing it under the the intent thinking that what he's doing is the right thing and with good intention he's mm-hmm. clearly not trying to hurt the kid He's trying to make sure the kid's comfortable, being a little too overly about it because I think he himself is uncomfortable, but he's trying to cope with the situation, you know? But that that scene was just funny, trying to see him bump the kid and they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you're cool. <laughs> you're yeah, cool. absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, that's about it. So I guess, Chris, me and you've got to give it a rating. Yes, we do. Um, how about you go first since mine's pretty obvious. <laughs> Oh, mine's uh, mine's pretty obvious too. Uh, it's four point nine 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 nine. I'm kidding. That's Blake's. <laughs> I really, Technically, I really, I really hate yes. Dr. Dre, so I can't give it a yeah. full five out of five. But I think a four point nine 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 seven. That's about where I'm at. Blake's Blake's pros and cons list, like you know how IGN does pro and con. <laughs> His is like pro Denzel Washington, negative, or con Dr. Dre. You fucked 6. up. 5. You should have said <laughs> negative. Too much Dre. Six point. No, fuck you. That was the joke. I was. In the- <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Um, nice. so, so yeah, I give this movie a five out of five. It's my favorite movie of all time. And five out of five. Yeah, Hell I would movie. I'll give you that. Wait, what did you actually give it? You gave it a five? Yeah, five. Okay, okay, okay. So that is a... Hey, our second movie, All Around Fives. Hold on. Hold on. I gave it a five out of ten. You guys slowed down. I'm sorry. What the fuck did you say? (laughs) I gave it a five out of five. It was a really great movie. But this is only our second one to have All Around Fives, right? I think so. So, What about... Once Upon a Time in America, yeah. No, there was one that I was on that we all did that, but I don't remember which one it was. I don't either. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh. Scarface, maybe? No, not that one. I don't like oh, Okay. as a five. Okay, uh, I don't remember. I, that was the first one we did. I don't remember. So who picks next week's movie? Brett. I think it's your boy. It's, it is. It's your boy, Brett. Now, maybe Parasite a- was all fives. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe. I don't remember. So... As Blake is saying, I th- he wants to turn, and I think we've all kind of had the discussion about turning this month into Denzel month, where while you may expect us to talk about nothing but horror or Halloween-themed movies, we're going to bring you a month full of Denzel Washington, because why not? He had a song from <laughs> hit rapper Krispy Kreme slash Froggy Fresh, so you <clears> know <throat> what? He, he deserves it. So he does I think it. my movie choice... For next week and i've been kind of going through because one of them oh, is one i've man. seen before that i am I, that i would i'm interested in watching again because 
my memory of it's interesting. It, it was, uh, you know, I was young enough when watching it that I honestly, I know that I enjoyed the movie like in my memory, but I think some of it might be the just style of the time. And that's the book of Eli. Oh, but I fuck don't, yeah. I don't know for sure that I want to watch that. That's, that's why I've I'm never Oh, God it, damn it. Bro. It's so good, dude. Hold on. Wrong, Chris, oh, man. What'd yes. you say? I've never seen it. You've never seen it. Okay, shit. Interesting. So what we're it's gonna your do pick, here? But you should no, pick it's, it. it's my pick. <laughs> I'm gonna do it because I've only ever watched it once and try. I remember parts of it, but it's one of those things where it's been so long now that I'd want to watch it knowing that I'm giving it my full attention. So yeah, we're gonna do Book of Eli. That's our second movie in our technically not a full Denzel month because the first episode is top ten. But hey, you know hey, we what? talked about Denzel in the other week. We did. So it's fair. Yep, we did. So it's, it works out. But yeah, that'll be your movie, <laughs> Book of Eli. And then that way we get to talk about a movie that Blake clearly loves. And we get to hear Chris give his takes on a Denzel Washington movie he's not seen. That's pretty good. Right. Yeah, I'm yeah. ready. Okay. All right. Well, unless you have something that you can think of, is it time to do the old uh, rollout? It is time to do the old rollout. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us for Midweek Matinee. Remember, if you want to support the show with more than just your time, you can head over to Nartech. Or sorry, Patreon.com slash Nartech. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter if you want to be part of anything, any of the stuff we do on social media. You can find us at Matinee underscore Midweek. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as Midweek Matinee. And if you want to find the individual people, I'll let them shout themselves out if they want to because I don't remember y'all's I think Blake's is Pope's underscore Blake 92. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's P O B S T underscore Blake underscore 92. Oh, well, there you go. It's pretty close. And then Figs, I'm going to guess. Hold on. Mm-hmm. At Figs 21K. That is correct. Hot damn, I did it, boys. All right. If you want to go follow them, you can. But we are appreciative of y'all just catching the show. So, what we like to do at the end of all content is. Give a shout out to all of our patrons. And we have plenty. Hell yeah. We have a new patron for this episode who joined this month. And that is Mr. Kyle Grimm. So I'm going to give him. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks to all of our Patreons. Josh Terrell. My name is Greg. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Greg. (laughs) Kevin Bacon. So special shout out, like I said, to Kyle Grimm and then Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green. Thank you. My name Thank is Dan. You. Luke Bartolomeo. Thank you. Sean Stanerud. Thank Funk you. Turkey. Thank Danny you. Villiobos. Thank you. Corey Hickerson. Thank Blake you. Blake Popes. Thank Kevin you. Kevin Bacon Bits. Joshua Thank Lago. Thank you. Eric McAllister. Thank you. Steven Thank Salazar. You. The Stoners. Thank you. Travis Below. <laughs> Stephen Thank Swanland. You. Constantly. Thank King, you. Solitary Thank Chris you. Biggs. Zachary Sawyer. Landis. Thank you. Rude Day 93. Brian. Donovan Williams. William Digital Thank Spooker, you. Eric Porter, Josh Thank Ayers, you. Brandon Edwards, Thank Sean you. Tyler Thank Power, Zabib, Thank Jay you. Tyler B. Thank you. Lastly, Thank you. Thank you. Holy I couldn't. Chris made me laugh, dude. Mute your fucking mic. You actually did so well that I thought you had us muted. You started to I really like should that. have muted you. Chris, oh, I was good man. until you joined in. <laughs> and that's when I started to feel my grasp on it lessen. Blake, stop saying thank you. I, I muted my mic because I was started laughing so hard. I didn't want to fuck up his flow. I was I was good for a second, and I was like, okay, maybe it's over. And then suddenly, 
thank you. <laughs> God damn it. It was kind of like a sneak up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it was like, what, two people in between and then just started again? Yes. So I was like, I'm clear. I've got this. I'm good. I haven't laughed yet. I won't start now. God damn it. You made and it through the whole thing. It was impressive. I, I technically cra- I kind of cracked in between the last two, but that's okay. Yeah. So better than not, better than nothing. <laughs> Hello, Looker, and congratulations. You have discovered the secret message. Midweek Matinee is produced and edited by Christopher Figueroa. Music is by Joshua Lago. Thank you for your support and for enjoying all these movies with us. And lastly, please send your iTunes reviews to Old Pink, Care of the Funny Farm.